I knew you'd come. Woo! Man, baby. Wanna wrestle? <laughs> we got two words for ya! Listening to Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, the Supreme Dream and the Irish Nightmare. Here we are again, folks. This week is going to be one hell of an episode. I am the Irish Nightmare, Larry Hall. And I am the Supreme Dream. Uh, on this on this episode, we're gonna be uh Breaking down the best... Break it down! And the worst gimmicks of all time in every promotion. And um, it's a lot of fun to talk about this subject because uh, there's opinions about every last one of them. So no matter what kind of wrestling fan you are, you have an opinion about the best and the worst gimmicks. So this is going to be a lot of fun. And you never know, some of your favorites might be on our worst list and some of our favorites might be on your worst list. Yep. So, you never know. It's a nice heated discussion of the goofiest and the best gimmicks of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, with, we're not going to really have anything else, but let's just uh, start out with the worst. Um, now, we're not going to rank these. It's entirely, entirely too hard to rank um, from numerical order. So, we're just going to start just... Um, Spitting off. Maybe it's not too hard. Maybe we're just a little lazy. Who yeah, knows? Well, that too. <laughs> um, I, I think right off the top, uh, the the Repo Man is the first one uh, that we would like to talk about. I mean, Repo. you got to figure that a lot of the worst gimmicks also were the guys that really didn't win that often. They were just these goofy characters that came in and got beat up. So friggin' Hogan and the Macho Man and all these guys could look better. Yes. Yeah, I mean and that and a lot of the bad gimmicks were jobbers. They weren't necessarily long term guys. Um I mean now of course there you have your exceptions, but for the most part a lot of bad gimmicks um are bad gimmicks for a reason because they go away really quick and they get dismissed. So Repo Man was I mean the no longevity of the re- the Repo Man wasn't it's not like he was a one off. He no, was just he, wasn't. he was just this goofy character that came out. And, I mean, what was he repossessing? <laughs> he wasn't repossessing cars. No. Or people. No, no. I, I love the uh, the old-timey... Um, I don't even know what the, the cat word burglar is for. mask? Yeah, cat burglar. But I guess that, yeah. He looked the like the freaking... The hand burglar. Exactly, yes. I love that. <laughs> I mean, it's bad, good. <laughs> That's But, uh, yeah, Repo Man definitely is on there, for sure. I mean, another name that, that comes to mind would be the uh, the gobbledygooker. <laughs> this is by far one of my favorite worst gimmicks of all time. The build-up was so, it was so big. And with Mean Gene and, uh, and Gorilla Monsoon at Survivor Series 1990, the egg that was sitting there and the anticipation that was building of what, what was in the egg. And then it finally starts to crack and all of a sudden this giant turkey comes out. And it's just, what in the hell were they thinking? Well, here's the here's the thing with that also. It's a giant egg. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can't, like, you see this egg, you're like, well, nothing serious is going to come out of this. It's a fucking egg. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I believe the rumor was it was like it was going to be The Undertaker because he had, is 90 when he made his debut? I, think uh, I believe so, yeah. So I know a, a, 
a lot of people were saying that, but and then this big ass (laughs) big chicken thing comes out, and he just uh, goes on a path of (laughs) non-destruction. Yeah, so Gobbledygooker, I know a lot of wrestling fans. Um, they're top tops on the list. And there's just so many of them. There's so many bad ones. Oh my god. Um, I mean, just there's. I mean, now one is one of our personal favorites is Oz, which is Kevin Nash in WCW. Yeah, the all-powerful Oz. He was, I mean, WWF slash WWE had some bad ones, but before the NWO got there for the WCW, they were just synonymous for churning out bad gimmicks. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oz was just a staple point in those bad gimmicks. Mm-hmm. The dunce cap with the rubber yeah. mask and then... His Nash, bleached blonde hair. Nash should take his mask off and he had those crazy serial killer eyes and he was just looked like a maniac and but I'm you have sure. this big dude who yeah. <laughs> could be intimidating in any other fashion and you make him just non-intimidating whatsoever oh god yeah because he's just this goofy <laughs> like Merlin the wizard <laughs> type thing and if you don't know who Oz is and this is the first time you look it up on YouTube you will not be disappointed. It is, or you um, might be very or, disappointed, or, yeah, for that matter. But yeah, it is a amazingly terrible gimmick. So uh, yeah, Oz definitely would be another one. Uh, next one, I think, um, is right up there with the Gobbledygooker as far as um, infamy in the wrestling world, and that is uh, the Shockmaster. Yeah, he's one of those uh, yep, one-off. Yeah. This yeah. was like, oh, we threw the pitch, swing, oh, that was a miss. Let's uh, recycle that one and go on to another. Because <laughs> he was another just, what? it's like, what the hell were you thinking? Yeah, I uh, I mean, the WWE Network has covered this. They they tell the story of how it was, how it came about. And, I mean, they're interviewing Sting, and he was supposed to have this partner. And then all of a sudden, the... The Shockmaster is supposed to break through the wall in this dramatic fashion and instead apparently trips over the one stud in the wall made and breaks through, falls through, trips, helmet comes flying off, and uh, it's WWE's former wrestler Tugboat who is the character of the Shockmaster in this glittery uh, Stormtrooper helmet. Typhoon. Typhoon as well. Um, And it was just horrible from the moment it happened. So yeah, that was another one that's up there. The Shockmaster. <laughs> so yeah, that's no surprise to anyone that that's one of the worst gimmicks. Another gimmick, I mean, he was one of my, he, I, I could say he was one of my favorite wrestlers in the 90s. And the gimmick was just so bad. but And unfortunately, he went out in this gimmick mm. and it was the blue blazer yeah I wouldn't heart uh, and it was a notoriously a, a gimmick that Owen really wasn't really fond of and and for good reason it wasn't really it wasn't a good gimmick at all no and it's unfortunate that he went out his last yummy recollection and I think that's that. what makes it even worse is that it was such <laughs> a big gimmick yeah. and it was God rest his soul was the last time you got to see Owen Hart was the freaking blue blazer. Yeah. I think you could put that up there as like the worst. Yeah. Because yeah, he couldn't even go out as some st- yeah, it was yeah. just as horrific of a of a scene it was. It was he was the freaking blue blazer. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, we're gonna move on to one. Actually, this as bad as it was, um, when I first seen it, I thought, oh man, this is really cool. Was the goon? Um, <laughs> came out on hockey skates. He's, he's a hockey fan. Yeah, at just heart, a folks. little bit. But I mean, hockey skates, the stick. He looked like he was pissed all the time, and I'm like, oh man, this maybe could work, but it nope. did not work at all. <laughs> <laughs> Crash and burn. It didn't work. Um, so you got to figure you can't wrestle in skates, right? No, you could barely move around the ring. And yeah, it's not ice. So yeah, the the goon I had I thought was going to have potential. Turns out it was completely wrong. And uh, so yeah, the goon was short lived, and again, the reason why it's on the worst list. Yeah, for good reason. I mean, you, you got to think. Well, the guy can't move around in skates, so maybe uh, <laughs> maybe you don't put him in skates. But you know, we weren't the guys that came up with maybe it. Maybe you just have I don't know. Boots with like a cover over it that look like skates. Huh. That way you can move around the ring. I don't know. No, so let's put real ice skates on them and have them go down the ramp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just me. He was a head scratcher. Now this one, <laughs> they tried to bring him in and make him this big enemy of the Undertaker and make him look so intimidating. But he was just really just—he was so big that he couldn't move, and he wasn't a good wrestler. That's probably why the gimmick didn't work. And that's uh, the giant Gonzalez, yeah, formerly Elegante <laughs> in WCW, yeah, and which I actually like that gimmick. <laughs> yeah, well, that was a little bit better than this. But I mean, and that's the thing with Vince and what a lot of people have the gripe with is the big guys. He thinks he can just throw out there just because they're big. And he thinks they're going to get over. With the freaking hairy bodysuit. Yeah, I mean, the probably hot glued hair they had to put on the suit. And then it just, yeah, it did not work. Nope. Even though The Undertaker had to look up look up to him, which was probably one of the first times in his career he had to look up to somebody as a as a opponent. Yeah, um, probably the first and last. Yeah, yeah, because he was always bigger than Kane. Kane. Um, big Show. Big Show, they were about the same height. Yeah. But yeah, he I mean, might have to look up a little bit, but not like Giant Gonzalez was one where it was substantial. But he just, he, I mean, he just, just like Kali, the Great Kali, is uh, another one who we who actually we didn't talk yeah, about. Yeah, we on didn't even list. think about the Great Kali. But he was freaking awful. Yeah, I mean, and it's not it's not his fault. He's seven well, what seven four seven I don't know. something. He's like that. a big dude. But you, when you can't, he's about three of me. You can't lay down. You can't fall down. You can't take a bump and get up quick. You can't be a wrestler. <laughs> you, you can't do that. I can't. I I don't understand why you push this guy if you can't do it. So, for him to do that makes no sense with Great Kali and with the Giant Gonzalez, for that matter, because that's that that's all. I mean, I just don't get it. But that's why he's on the list. He's on. Yeah, so. that's why he was a terrible gimmick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, next one is one who, as a kid, this was, I think, right as I started watching. So I it, I didn't really remember it. I had to look it up. When uh, the name was said, and that is the Berserker. I remember the Berserker very, very fondly. Well, yeah, I'll let you go in because I only know from the pictures. I don't remember. I mean, the Berserker was this guy. He had the the. He was a bigger guy, kind of dressed, kind of like a Viking, Viking ish. He had the the big frilly boots, but I mean, I really just remember the the breathing that he did when he would come to. He was. <laughs> they tried to. He looked crazy. He did. They tried to make him look intimidating. I mean, his one. I think his one move was the atomic drop over the ropes. He would just dump you out, out, out of the ring. I mean, he was just. 
he wasn't a one-off, but he might as well have been. He wasn't <laughs> he he wasn't this great performer. He was just nutty looking guy that that came into the friggin' ring and looked like he was hyperventilating every time he came down to the ring. Yeah. So I mean, he was. He was what he was, and he was the berserker. All right. Um, I think now we're going to move to one of the expertise areas of Joe here, and that's the WCW's Dungeon of Doom. The Dungeon of Doom was just filled with bad gimmicks. I mean, gimmicks that I mean you think would hit. There's just supposed to be this, like this scary, dark, like uh, it's like almost like a cult. Mm-hmm. I I would describe it as led by Kevin Sullivan, the Taskmaster, who in himself was this guy who was like five foot two, not intimidating, and he was he was supposed to be this dark and eerie <laughs> character who had like this control over all these guys. I mean the one the one shining part of the Dungeon of Doom was the giant when he would feud with Hogan. He was it was the first time anyone was ever introduced to. Paul White, who, aka Big Show, yeah, the Big Show, and he'd come in and he would, he was destroying Hogan, mm-hmm. but then you had all these other guys. Like my, my favorite worst one, is Brutus the Barber's gimmick, which was the Zodiac. He was supposed <laughs> to be this like, real dark and eerie. He was sent to them to be. He was he was wearing like zebra printed pants and gloves and face painted, and that's pretty much it. It was such a bad gimmick. <laughs> just to like you go from a guy who's like cutting your hair with hedge clippers to this <laughs> it was just you know, all around just goofy <laughs> non-intimidating supposed to be like dark like the ministry but it was before it was like freaking five or six years before the ministry even fucking came about and speaking of bad gimmicks like he said with the Zodiac on the other end of that is Brutus the Barber Beefcake who was I mean had the barber shop and he had a good run as that until guy. he got hurt. Until he got hurt, of course. And then he came back, and I mean, he was kind of couldn't really do much. But I put him in. I think he would be one of the the better gimmicks. Yeah, um, I always loved Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Um, I mean, the call he was so colorful. He, he was he was pretty damn good with on the mic, which is why he got his own interview show. Um, but yeah, so I mean, Brutus the Barber could go either way on that one. I put him up there as one of the best. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, I don't. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you can do Zodiac and uh, Brutus the Barber and in the same breath. Yeah, being the same good and bad because he was so bad. He, but I think he's one of those ones, like we said, that yeah, he was bad, but he was so bad it was funny and it was good. Yeah, which is what Brutus the Barber was. I guess you could look at it that way. Uh, let's move to a more recent. Not, not so recent, but They're still more around. recent than these, and that's the Spirit Squad. Yeah, you want to talk about uh, just a, I mean, I, male cheerleaders. That's yeah, all you really got to yeah. say. <laughs> male cheerleaders. <laughs> uh, but I mean, the one glaring good thing that came out of was Dolph Ziggler. Well, yeah, it was Dolph Ziggler. The Spirit Squad. I mean, he was definitely when WWE was trying to push Kenny, uh, Kenny Dykstra. Kenny Dykstra, yes. Um, when they they that was the guy obviously that they were choosing, where Dolph Ziggler was, <laughs> speaking of bad gimmicks, was the caddy for Kerwin White, the Chavo Guerrero character, um, who was a golfer and d- dyed blonde hair, 
Dolph Ziggler was suffering like that and then all of a sudden came out of nowhere to be what he is today, which is one of the best workers. Yeah. But um, the Spirit Squad itself, Mikey, Kenny, Mitch, um, I'm missing missing one, I think. It's probably for good reason. Yeah. Um, but all of them were pretty, yeah, it was pretty terrible. And they, to this day, I mean, they're a little bit better now, but they're still out there. They're signed exclusively to House of Hardcore, I think. Yes. And they're just as bad as they were back then. So if yeah. you want to see some bad gimmicks... Tommy Dreamer's got them. Yeah, absolutely. The squad. The it's squad. not to say the spirit squad anymore because that's WWE property, but they are the squad now. Yeah, they still do the cheers. Yeah, so uh, definitely another one of those bad gimmicks. I mean, back to to the WCW bad gimmicks off the top of my head that I can think of. I mean, Disco Inferno was one. <laughs> you come up to Disco Fever. He was, he was pretty bad. Uh, what was the Mike Awesome character? Oh, was, yes, uh, that 70s guy, because he wanted to capitalize on the popularity of that 70s show. Yes. So he was that 70s guy, but, was, he, but he was also, what was it, the fat... The fat chick. Fat chick thriller? Yeah, the I'm fat chick sure. thriller. I'm pretty sure that was his... That 70s um, guy. Yeah, he was, he was apparently into bigger women. Um, so that was a really, really bad gimmick for a guy who was great in ECW. Was yeah. the, was I mean what looked like to be the future, Absolutely. as far as a superstar, and then he goes to shock, shocker he goes to WCW and they ruin him. But um, <laughs> wait a minute, are you saying that they did that to a couple people? <laughs> but Mike Awesome as that seventies guy was brutal, yeah. very very brutal for a guy who was great. Yeah, they just needed to stay out of the seventies. The disco for disco for that was just god awful. Yeah. Let's see what else can we go back to. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna stick with WCW, I mean they 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 put out a lot of bad ones. Flying Brian's character oh, when he wore yes. the gold mask, he was the the yellow dog. The Even the name's dog. terrible. The yeah. yellow dog. That's I mean, like he would pretend like no one knew who it was, and then he would come out, and then someone else would be dressed as this freaking guy dog, as yes. the yellow dog. It was multiple, just uh, multiple superstars. They would dress up just because, just to prove that it wasn't Brian yeah. Hillman when it always it was. And it was so bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. And with that, around is it around that? I think a little after that was um, who we now know obviously as Goldust, but he was seven because he was kind of dying in WCW again. Shocker. Um, but seven. Yeah, how you can kill off the offspring of one of the most popular wrestlers <laughs> of all time. And one of, I mean, the pioneers in the WCW. NWA, WCW. Yeah, yeah. so, but um, seven was this. I don't know if people remember the vignettes that they used to play of him standing outside a child's bedroom with this white face paint. Someone tells me that wouldn't work in today's no, age. No, I don't, I don't think so. That was probably pushing it back then, too. <laughs> the black, the black, like Indiana Jones style hat and the big black, uh, overcoat and just stare outside a window it was creepy and it may be ahead of its time a little bit for those but then when he got in the ring he just it was bad for whatever they scripted it was not good so uh yeah seven is another one in a very strange strange gimmick and one that's not known very popular yeah, it's probably for good reason yeah absolutely <laughs> it's, it's probably it one of those ones that you like want to block out of your head yeah, um, another, this one I thought when it first came out actually had potential, <laughs> but then, because it was an opposite of what WWE had, and then you've seen it and it didn't have any legs, and that's Mordecai. <laughs> um, and you laugh now because we know how bad it was, but at the time, <laughs> him coming out in all white, obviously, like I said, opposite Undertaker, 
all white with the staff and the hood and it was it was cool until he actually had to cut a promo or wrestle <laughs> and then it was kind of all downhill yeah that's kind of what he's getting paid to do huh yeah when but, you can't do those things the you don't have the intangibles you can look as cool as you want but yeah yeah so Mordecai uh definitely after the entrance was uh a no-go uh I think another one and, and now we're going to WWE is yeah, because they they turned out some pretty bales. We're not just gonna we're not just gonna diss WCW because no. of WWF. Yeah, they had some bad ones there itself. I mean, Heidenreich. He was supposed to be this badass. I, I and who who was his his main cop? Like, who did he come in? And he was trying to was it? It wasn't the Undertaker, was it? Was it? Yeah, you know what? I know I remember the program of the Undertaker. Maybe it was. Yeah, maybe it was the Undertaker. But I mean, he they would have him do so many. Weird things, and he had that march to the ring. Yeah, they always. They oh were, yeah, it was the whole freaking neo-Nazi thing, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and not only that, there was I remember one entry pushing where, the proverbial envelope with that one there, Vince. <laughs> he would come out with. Um, he came out the one time. He had chocolate smeared all over his <laughs> mouth and around his mouth, and he was carrying a five-pound Hershey's chocolate bar underneath his arm as he came down with a big bite out of it. And what the hell does that have to do with the character? And uh, you know what I mean? It was just things they did with that guy. Maybe he just got lit and he was really hungry. Yeah, I, I guess. He was high as fuck, more <laughs> But I just yeah, Heidenreich was another one that was just shake your head. You couldn't believe they actually tried to pull that off. Yeah, and then uh, to go to the other side, the neo Nazi. <laughs> we'll go to the complete other side of the realm, and we'll go with uh, who everyone knows as uh, Hulk Hogan, the greatest <laughs> of all time, when they tried to turn him into Mr. America. Yes. Yeah. Put he, the mask on him. He, oh, I wonder he, who that is. And he even did everything. He did every mannerism that Hulk Hogan did. He did the whole ear, hand to the ear. He did the, the, the all flex, the muscle flexing. Yeah. I mean, he hmm, was I everything. wonder who that could be. Not only that, and used Hulk Hogan's theme song still. Yeah. And... No, it wasn't Mr. You'd see the handlebar mustache coming through the mask. No, it wasn't Mr. America. It's like they copyrighted themselves and then they <laughs> forgot. Like, oh shit, we own this character. Hold on a second. Yeah, so Mr. America was pretty brutal, even for a guy that usually can get out over with anything. Hulk Hogan could not get Mr. America over. No, that was just pointless and stupid. Kind of like. <laughs> and these two, I mean, we're going to lump these two together. They were both equally as bad. I mean, when Diesel, <laughs> a.k.a. Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall went to WCW and they were doing that whole, like, oh, well... And then they announced that they were coming back. Yeah, so on Monday Night Raw, they, they said next week they're coming back. Diesel, Razor Ramon, they're coming back. And then the build-up happens, the next week comes out, they play the music, and out walks fake Kane, or fake Kane. Fake Diesel and Fake Razor. Who was actually Kane. Who was actually Kane with Diesel. Uh, it was so bad. <laughs> and they did not fool anybody. No, it was like chubby face Razor Ramon. <laughs> who and couldn't the, even do that. And the grease, the amount of grease they put in Glenn <laughs> Jacobs' hair to make him look like Diesel. I mean, it was horrible. And the funny thing is the only people they got were WCW, who because they heard of this... That night, and this is a story that Kevin Nash tells on the network special that he does with his Hall of Fame, they literally sat them down in the production truck, put 
contracts in front of them because they truly believed that they were leaving and they were double agents and they were going to go right back to WWE. <laughs> what an they interesting them, time. Here, we're going to give you more money, bigger contracts. So they signed it and then watched Monday Night Raw and watched fake Razor and fake Diesel walk out. And Kevin Nash turns, looks at them, goes, see, told you, <laughs> and walk away. So, I mean, it was such a bad gimmick, but um, but apparently WCW was stupid enough to buy it. Yeah, so they they were just bad altogether. The the I mean, you really can't win with any of the bogus wrestlers because they're, you can't take them serious to begin with. Yeah, just like you, you can't, can't you can't take a freaking horse fucking bull character series who's dressed in. <laughs> What was it? He's a bull, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's half you're bull, half about Mantar. <laughs> He's half freaking bull, half man. Oh, this is this is a freaking hit, and it wasn't even like half human up top would have been. Yeah, all right. yeah. And then somehow gave him like. Yeah, I mean, like, like that, bull legs. Yeah, that would have been a little bit easier, but. No, let's put let's cover him completely and make him try and try to make him look legit. Yeah, yeah. Mantar was not a good idea, and I put Mantar up there with. Gobbledygooker and Shockmaster, um, as far as if you if you started to rank them, they'd be one, two, three, probably respectively. Yeah, just pure, pure. What the hell were you thinking? Yes, absolutely. You stupid idiots. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's. I mean, we went through a lot of different really bad gimmicks. Um, I mean, not for nothing. They pretty much. Uh, they pretty much all span the early nineties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have some that were the early nineties was really just the. Let's throw this at them. Let's throw this at them. Let's see what sticks. Some of them stuck. Yeah. A lot of them didn't. Yeah. Ma- yeah. Majority of them did. Ninety. Ninety percent of them didn't. But, but yeah, they were entertaining. Yeah. Even uh, if it was for even if it was for a night, or an or a raw. And you or can a say nitro. that you can say that now because looking back, it makes you laugh. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you can't have the bad without the good. Mm-hmm. Which and leads so, right to our next list. Yeah, and some of the best ones. I mean, it helps that. They were good in the ring, also. Well, some of them, but yeah, some yeah, some of them here, and that's the thing about like we said with the worst ones, where of course obviously the reason they're the worst because they're not good in the ring. Where with these gimmicks, it's not necessarily that they were good in the ring, but it was just it got the character got so over that you couldn't take them away, even if they weren't the best wrestlers. Yeah, and pretty much the the best ones will stand the test of time. Like, what was popular back then could still be popular now. Mm-hmm. And stuff like that. I mean, the first one that you think of with gimmick-wise, when you think of the best gimmicks, I mean, you can't leave The Undertaker oh, no. off that list. I mean, he he did stand the test of yes. time. I yeah. mean, he, even with... I mean, his pure Undertaker gimmick, like the dark evil coming out with the Paul Bearer. He yes. was a great gimmick too, by the way. Yes. And the urn. I mean, it really, it was a solid gimmick. And he himself was a good character who actually made his other gimmicks work as well. Not to the extent of the, yeah, un- the Undertaker, but... But he was still the Undertaker. He was just different versions of himself. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, with the Undertaker and no one, no one is ever going to disagree with the Undertaker being one of the best gimmicks ever. Um, I remember literally my, my first ever WWE event was birthday. My birthday, I got tickets. I went down, and I remember being probably like 10 rows from the ring as a kid in a live show. That's a pretty good present. It was. And uh, 
I remember the lights going out. It was the first time I've ever seen The Undertaker live. And of course, I think I was nine or ten or something, so I was young. Yeah. And because he's old as shit now. <laughs> the Undertaker's music hit, lights out, the smoke, the dry ice was it. I mean, and I remember being a kid and being scared shitless because it was just, <laughs> as a kid, it's so intimidating. Even even as a competitor in the ring, imagine how you feel. Yeah. And being as a little kid watching this, you'll always hear people like. Especially when he got older and he came down to the ring because yes. he was wrestling guys that idolized him as a kid. Yeah. And they would get goosebumps. Exactly. And they'd be like, oh my God. Yes. Like, look, I'm about to get into the ring with The Undertaker. Exactly, yeah. Which is, it just says a lot to the, what is it, the aura? <laughs> the aura of the gimmick. Or aura nice. to the, uh, the <laughs> To the lay who, person. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, the Undertaker is just—he is the man. Um, what twenty-seven year career? Yeah, from ninety to and he'd probably he'd probably still be going. You uh, never know; he might I mean, be. Hey, we could we could see a Undertaker sighting very soon from yes. a lot of the. He could be lurking in the bushes. <laughs> so yes, of course. But probably the, not in the bushes. The Undertaker, by far, hands down. And who can you can't have the Undertaker without who? Oh, without without yeah. mankind. Mankind and The Undertaker. Well, I was going a different way, but yes, Mankind also. <laughs> there, no one made Mankind's career like The Undertaker did. And that one and anyone, the three faces of Foley, yes. all three of them belong on the greatest gimmicks. But Because me, of who he was, because of yes. Mick Foley, oh. he made the characters who they were. And that's I what mean, makes good gimmicks. Do Love, you put Do Love on anyone else, I don't think they can make... Do love what he was. No, and to just just give an example, and that was such a long shot too, because Vince was like, uh, yeah. I don't know about this one. And this was this was all from the mind of Mick Foley. This yeah. was he, this was what just shows he, a lot of how fucked up he was <laughs> when he was a kid or a teenager. That was his gimmick was dude love, and he brought it. Vince let him run with it because of how good he was with mankind, and it turned it into that. Then they brought over the Cactus Jack, which was an ECW in New Japan. I think that was my favorite. Gimmick. Uh, yeah, mankind's mine. Uh, the, the I like the whole Cactus Jack, the hardcore legend. Yeah, I love the sitting in the ring, bobbing back and forth, ripping his hair out, taking a plastic knife and stabbing into his leg at Mind Games against Michaels. Yeah, I mean, well, that goes to like one of the his his probably his greatest match. Yes, was him versus Michaels at Mind Games. And and where in what city did that take place? Uh, Toledo. No, Topeka, no. Kansas. <laughs> Right in our hometown of Philadelphia, uh, one of the greatest, uh, right, right, greatest right, right, mankind right. matches, and to be honest, one of Michael's better early early matches in his career. So, yeah, mankind by far one of my all time favorite gimmicks um, of Three Faces of Foley as well. Yes, and then what I was actually alluding to when you say you can't have the Undertaker <laughs> without, I want him to say Kane. Oh, then there you go. That, but. Well, I mean, Kane. Kane was a spawn because of the Undertaker. Yes, he was brought about to be the anti-Undertaker, and he's another one that stood the test of time. Yeah, and I he, mean, and he's only what? He's been in, I guess, twenty years. No, he's probably longer than that. Really? Well, well if Undertaker was in ninety, yeah, yeah, about twenty years. Well, he was Doctor Isaac Gank of oh, first. Okay, and there's another one that. We didn't. In DDS. The worst, yeah, in the worst list is Isaac Yankum, but then in, and then of course Fake Diesel. Yes. And then two. He's been Kane. around for a while. Yeah. And now he's just going to be your mayor. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, Kane, like you said, Kane was amazing. A great, and not only that, a great debut. When he yes, when he first came out, that gimmick was great with the whole uh, the throat the voice changer yes. thing yeah. where he couldn't talk. I thought that was always pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you think of it now, you're like, now nah, that that's corny, but. Yeah, because this guy got burnt in a... Well, the storyline was he got burnt left in a fire, and this is yeah. how he was. And, and that's how he was. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait, he can talk. He doesn't yeah. need this voice thing. Yeah. What the hell's that about? But even the, <laughs> even the debut with, uh, what was it, Taker and Michaels and yes. Hell in the Cell, one of the, the first Hell in the Cell, and uh, him coming out and... That was the... Was uh, that the Buried Alive match? Him uh, versus Kane? Yes. Yeah. That was a... Yeah, and that was another one. Was that was that the first buried alive? Was him and Kane? I believe, or, no, I think it was him and Mankind were the first buried alive. And then and Kane then came out. Kane, they brought it yes. back, and they probably had a casket match also. Yeah. So I mean, Kane. Yeah, like you said, um, was uh, the staying power of Kane, which is surprising for a gimmick like that. Yeah. But Taker did it, and Kane obviously showed he can do it too, and definitely one of the best, for sure. Um, now another one. We'll stay with the red. Uh, and that's LOD, Legion of Doom. Yes. Who Absolutely. It was a fierce gimmick. You talk about staying power. <laughs> These guys were LOD, never deviated from the gimmick at all, were always hawk, animal, An animal. Yep. the shoulder pads with the spikes, the red and black, the face paint, the will kick your ass and demolish you in the ring, the doomsday device. They were legit and a great, hey, there's the great wrestler part and then the great gimmick. Yeah, Which is why powerhouses. Were, yep. I mean, you really that that was a hit all the way. Yeah, the, and the, the entrance uh, when you knew they were coming to the ring. They just yeah. What a rush! I'm here all night, folks. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, it's hard. LOD is another one that can't be left off as far as gimmicks go, being the greatest. Yeah. Um, this is one of my personal favorites. This one might catch some flack, but I thought this was always a great gimmick just because of what it was and who he was before and what they built him as. And that was the the dark and eerie, the crow Sting. Mm. Yes. I mean, Sting was a great character before that, and then everyone had turned on him, everything that he knew... And then they built that gimmick of where he didn't even wrestle for a year. He was just up up in the rafters. Didn't even speak. No, he didn't. Didn't he, even speak. And you tuned in to see... If he would just show up. <laughs> if he would show up, if they would show him. And I remember being watching it with my father, being like, oh, he's going to come He's gonna come down. He's going to come down and wrestle this time. And, and they, kept you, they kept you guessing, and they kind of kept you hooked. At the same time, because mm -hmm. you never knew what he was going to do, what his purpose was. And then they brought the NWO in, and he was wearing the same colors. They're like, oh, no. Yeah, he's going to yeah. join that. He's going to be a bad guy. No, you can't do this. <laughs> I always thought that that was a... I mean, at first, I I wasn't a, a huge fan, and then the more I saw it, the more it dawned on me, like, the way that they were going with it. And I always thought it was just a cool way... Because to, to perceive a guy that had so much energy and so much charisma, and they turned him into this dark and eerie... And Complete that's a, opposite of him just yes. yeah, standing, being quiet. You know Absolutely. What I mean? And it's a testament to Sting that he could do that character. Yes. Yeah, and not only that, it was one of the few things... I shouldn't say few. 
it was one of the things that WCW did right as far as a build for a match. Yes. You know what I mean? As far as did that Hogan-Sting eventual lead up to a title match and then Sting winning was huge. And it just took all... And it was, shows you, you don't have to just throw it in there and get it done, a.k.a. Raw... Raw, sorry. Nitro, Goldberg, and Hogan, Hogan for the title, which you could have spent... A month building and then made it a pay per view, but instead you, could have made, you lost all that money. You could have made three or four times the money. But that's all Bischoff wanting to win the the you know what I mean the ratings. But yeah, the tur- Sting the, was done right. The tortoise and the hare. Yeah, Sting he was, was ready done for right. a sprint. They spread it out really long. They let you hold on and that's hold hard on to do want. for a year. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, especially for a guy to have like your that top. Too. That's your top guy, quote unquote. Yes. Yeah, and your top. Babyface, the icon, the the brand, yeah, he the is WCW. So yeah, for them to do that, it was one. It was one of the things that they did very well. And yeah, build it the right way, and I mean, it kind of, and then they kind of ruined it, like they they <laughs> they unfortunately did because I was a big WCW fan back in the day. That they they kind of took things and just went a little too far. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, I agree. Sting or Crow Sting, I should say. Definitely was one of one of the favorites. Um, and one of one of these favorites that for me, WWE or F at the time, um, Doink the Clown. <laughs> this could go on both. Um, but I think we chose. He was so bad that he was so he was really good. Yes. Yeah. You don't he, think he could do anything with with Doink? He could pull anything off because he was so he was a because he was a clown. You could see he him was like, kind of like the evil clown. Exactly. Almost. Exactly. But he looked, he didn't look evil, but he was, he was villainous, <laughs> so to speak. I love the, 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 uh, the bucket of confetti and then every now and then he'd actually have water in it. And, yeah. I mean, and riding around on a little tiny bicycle. And he, he, and, he stood, surprisingly stood the test of time. He, yeah. For, he was, absolutely. Like, he, he was could around have, for a good he amount. He could have easily been a one-off jobber that, didn't pick up any traction, but because he was who he was, he was a freaking clown. The, the funniest thing is the one thing that stands out for Doink with me is a match that Doink wasn't even in, and that's in the Survivor Series. With him 90... and Jerry the King Lawler? No, 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 no. I, this was Survivor Series, and Doink, I think, was hurt at the time, and he was feuding with Bam Bam Bigelow. Uh-huh. And they had the teams, and it was Team Doink against Team Bam Bam. And it was Bam Bam Bigelow. It was Bastion Booger, which is another really, really bad gimmick. Yes. Um, Bastion Booger, I believe the Head Shrinkers, and, um, oh, and King Mabel. And they were all dressed as Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, well, no, they, no, they were just, because they were heels, they were themselves. Uh, and then you had Team Doink, which were Bushwhacker Doinks. There were, um, man, I'm trying to think who all the other Doinks were. And it was just... You didn't see Doink at all, but it was all these other ones. Rep- and they all had the face paint. They all had the wigs. <laughs> it was all Doink. And then at the very end, of course, the Doinks went over. And Bam Bam's walking in the back. And then Doink shows up on the big big screen. I mean, and it just shows you, yes, you can dress everyone up as a certain character. But there's only one person that can pull that gimmick off when it's a great gimmick. Yeah. And Doink was it. Doink Absolutely. Was, was really, really good for that character himself. And you wouldn't think because, again, it's a clown. And this was, like, gearing towards, like, it wasn't necessarily the Attitude Era, but it mm-hmm. was 
Yeah, it was a little before. It was so a that little bit hit. before, but you wouldn't think that a PG, a clown, would get over as well as he did. And it just goes to show you how good he pulled that off. Oh, speaking of pulling something off and the Attitude Era. Yes. This guy. That's what I said. <laughs> this guy, the Godfather. Yeah. You want to talk about the right place at the right time, the Godfather's gimmick. Man, it was the perfect. The train. <laughs> the ho train and the attitude era. It was. Yeah, perfect. you couldn't get a, you couldn't get away with calling the uh, the women hoes now. No, that yeah, that definitely is not happening. But yeah, the, the you gotta love the ho train. The um, we get in the ring and it's time once again for every. I mean, it was just perfect, and everything he did was great for the era that he was in, and he really went. Of course, he started with. Papa Shango. Who I also thought was a good uh, gimmick. I mm-hmm. mean, the one thing that sticks out when I think of Papa Shango, and that's the match against the Ultimate Warrior. Yes. Oh, man. I love when the, that build. When he puts the curse yes. on Ultimate Warrior, and the Ultimate Warrior is getting carried out, and he's throwing up everywhere. <laughs> and that was just... You, you didn't see that. You're like, oh my God, is he okay? Yeah, it was, I was, it was more real than what yeah, you thought it, it should was have been. The, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I was really young. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I remember like I was probably crying like a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but you're wondering, you're like, oh my God, what did he do to the <laughs> Ultimate War? No. And I thought that that's the one thing that sticks out. And that's what made him a good character and a good gimmick mm-hmm. was that he was able to pull that off and actually... You strike concern and fear into the eyes of the fans. Yeah, absolutely. and that's how, and that's a way to be a good gimmick. Yeah, believability is key when you come with a good gimmick. And Papa Shango goes from that to well, I mean, and there was in the middle he was um, was it Kama Kama Mustafa, right? Yes, the nation, yes. nation of domination with Farouk and D'Lo and the Rock, uh, or um, Rocky Johnson at the time, Rocky Maivia, Rocky Maivia, and uh, so. And then goes from that to where, and then he was kind of stagnant because the nation was split up. You didn't know what they were going to do with him. And then the attitude arrow hits. Everyone has to step up their game, and out comes the Godfather. Yes. So he, yeah. But he then really after that, he was in the uh, right to censor. He right, censored himself. Right to censor. That's right. And that was another he, one. And there, he, there's a bad gimmick for him. Yes. He had hose, and then he censored himself. Yeah, exactly. With him, with Ivory, uh, Stephen Richards. Yes. Stevie Richards. Stevie Richards. Yeah. Um, the king of the super kick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, who else? Oh, Bull Buchanan, I think, was another yeah. one who was in Right to Censor. Yeah. So there's a, there's your obscure reference for the night was Right to Censor. I didn't think we were going to get that. We squeezed that, that in almost every show, I think. Yeah. Some We've done it once or twice. Yeah, so. We're still a very young podcast. <laughs> right to Censor. That's a good one. Uh, now another one one that you couldn't censor and he was he was obscure for his time I think he would be more relevant and he's still around today I mean but I think in the day that we live in he would still be as relevant if not more than he was back then if he debuted now yes and that's gold dust yes yeah I mean that gimmick would should have been that should have been shit Right off the bat, and it wasn't. It was no. the exact opposite. Yeah, it was gold. This freaking... No pun intended. It was gold. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it was so bizarre for mm-hmm. what it was. And that was kind of... That was almost like the start of the Attitude Era. Yeah, it could, yeah that was the first character where they started to was, turn that yeah. way. 
and uh, you it was a, something that like you said we never had seen you never seen before he not was, that dark he well, it wasn't even it wasn't well like I mean a, as far as content the, yeah like him and, that was with a, him and Razor where he had the Razor tattoo on his chest with yeah the, it was just so out there I mean he feel what feel up and down his body yeah, and, and the uh, the sucking in his breath and, and then uh, the and he would bite and it like the <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I think I did that pretty good. You did actually. Um, yeah, I, I remember. I was. I know the Razor Ramon. And it shouldn't have been a. It shouldn't have been the gimmick that it was. No. And it was. It just the shock value. Mm-hmm. I think in all of it, it really, it really opened up a lot of things for what they could do. Once once they figured out, like, holy shit, this guy got over. Yes. Yeah. We could probably go even further and create. Yeah. Yeah, well, him and Whoever Mankind, the hell we want. him and Mankind, they were it. They were those first ones. I mean, the Undertaker was the Undertaker the whole time, so yeah. that wasn't new ground. But Mankind and Goldust were two pioneers as far as characters that you did not see the WWE use. Yes, and they and they were the ones who started it. And it was so weird to see, like, oh my God, this is Dusty's kid. Yeah, what yeah. the hell did they do to him? Well, and for me, being growing up WWE and not really knowing who Dusty Rhodes was at that point in the '90s, because they didn't talk about him anymore, because he was the rival. I didn't know who I didn't know who he was. I just thought he was just some other guy, a new wrestler. No. Until you start to, you know, I mean, learn about it yeah. and see. And with Goldust, there are two two feuds. I think that really rocketed him. To what he is. Well, you said and the one. The one was Razor. Razor Ramon, yeah. And Razor even talks about it on his on his uh, documentary, yeah. his bio uh, DVD, where he didn't like it at the time. Oh no, he, he was didn't all, get it because he was he was this this cool freaking yeah. Miami guy. Exactly. And he's he, like, should I really be doing this? Yeah, he wasn't comfortable with the whole feeling, and and but he even says now, looking back, he said, I really wish I would have. Jumped into it more, yeah, and embraced it more and because it could have made because, it. Yeah, it could have been better. that much better. It was good mm-hmm. for what it was, and he, I mean, I mean, you, if you're put in his position, you're like, oh, I don't know about this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and you're the, gonna be hesitant. The other feud um, I'm thinking of is Hot Rod and Gold Dust and Gold Dust in that uh, what was it Hollywood backlot brawl at WrestleMania yeah. 12. That was brutal. It was huge. I mean, it, for to see that the way they did it. And him and Piper tore it down with yeah. that match. I mean, granted, of course, it was pre-taped and all that, but it yeah. didn't matter. It was so new and so different, and it just made Goldust's character that much more legitimate being able to take on Roddy Piper. So, yeah, those two by far were like and, rockets for him. And you uh, and you had mentioned them before as, I mean, the other half of that battle, who was also a great gimmick in himself, mm-hmm. Razor Ramon. Yes. I mean, you can't leave out the bad guy. Because <laughs> hey, he, yo. Hey, yo. Chico. It was such... I mean, the character and the gimmick, it was just that cool guy. Mm-hmm. Part of the clique. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you knew he was going to get over because those guys ran the business. But his, his, his gimmick was cool. And then he was great in the ring. He was this big powerhouse who put on... When given the opportunity, pulled on incredible matches. WrestleMania ten, that was ladder the match. ladder match. Him that, and uh, Michaels. That one will go down in time as one of the greatest ladder matches of all time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in that, uh, you gotta love the pitch that he that he gave to Vince, Mister Meek Man, for yeah, for Razor because he basically said, "Have you seen, have you seen um, 
Scarface, which is what <laughs> Razor yeah. is named. That's where he came from. So he had to watch it and came back and was and did the character, and that was it. I mean, he was so, Scarface. Vince had never seen Scarface up to this point. No, apparently, <laughs> apparently not. So Vince was just living under a rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was one of the most popular fucking movies. Yeah, well, I mean, but the, you know, with the way Vince is, he doesn't sleep. He just does his business the way he does it. He was bringing it up, so I'm sure he didn't have time. But yeah, he's did a busy not guy. see <laughs> did not see Scarface is pretty bad. But yeah, I mean that that character is Scarface, and he's so good, and was so good at being the bad guy. Um, and yeah, Razor Ramon is up there, like you said, a great great gimmick. <laughs> Uh, another now this this gimmick actually is a tag team gimmick just like LOD, but these guys were in a completely different way. Way way different. Um, but it was so so cheesy, but so good at the exact same time, and that was too cool. Scotty too hottie and Grandmaster Sexy Brian Christopher, uh, aka <laughs> Lawler's little boy. Um, thank God they were. They should. They shouldn't have got over. Oh uh, no! I'm they just gonna go out and say it. they shouldn't have got over. They were. They were so cheesy and so funny that it was hard for people not with to like. His fucking them. spiked up hair and with, the sideways the visor. freaking visor. <laughs> like they should. They shouldn't have been popular, but they did something mm-hmm. that made you remember them. Yes. I mean yeah. the freaking worm. Oh my that might have been it. That might have been what freaking got him over so much when he did the the worm. Yeah, I know my younger brother. That Scotty Too Hotty was one of his favorite characters growing up as a kid. He loved Scotty Too Hotty, and it, the, just for because of a that. reason. They were so not cool that mm-hmm. they were too cool. Yeah, exactly. Like they shouldn't have been as quote unquote cool <laughs> as they were. Yeah, oh, but it absolutely. was it was a great gimmick. Would it work today? Probably not, but. I mean, maybe, well, for nostalgia purposes, maybe, but it shouldn't have got over, but it did, and that's what makes them a great gimmick. Yeah. Um, another one that goes back to, I guess what, this is, would be late 80s, early 90s, is the model, Rick Martell. The, <laughs> and the, the thing that you think of, I mean, which was his gimmick in itself, was the, the perfume, <laughs> the cologne, the arrogance. Yeah. And that's exactly what he was, brash and arrogant. Yeah. I mean, he was a really good in-ring performer, mm-hmm. but he just elevated himself as the model, yeah. Rick Martel, <laughs> just just cheesy asshole, <laughs> and it just worked. And another guy in the same type... Um, the same era. Yeah, same era, the same bravado, and that is uh, Ravishing Rick Rude. Yes. Who was, I mean, you he talk did, about... He did it better. Yeah, definitely did it better. And I mean, when that guy got the mic and told everybody he wants every everybody, every fat slob. <laughs> that was one of the best lines that he would pull, and then take his robe off, and the women would yell, and it was just perfect. And they couldn't have found a better guy. And the tights that man would have made were awesome. Yeah, with the pictures of his face on yeah, it. Yeah, and the uh, yeah, and usually his opponent right on his. Um, Right on his genital area, usually. <laughs> That's where he put his opponent's face. Um, I mean, yeah, that guy, Rick Rude, he, he got it. and he Ravishing was so Rick Rude. Mm-hmm. And then he went to WCW and they ruined him. Yeah, again. <laughs> again, another, <laughs> another case. Um, this one, now, if you've listened to our podcast you, and you've listened to the very beginning in our intro and you've listened to us speak every, every now and then, 
you yes. know, is one of our favorite gimmicks. And we are putting it on the list. We don't care how old it is and or how young it really is. This belongs up there because because this one will stand the test of time. <laughs> I always start. They start sounding more like freaking like Jafar. Yeah. As I'm saying it. <laughs> Less I, broken, more Aladdin. Yes. Um, yes, Aladdin. <laughs> yeah. Then that is the patience, Iago. <laughs> broken, Matt Hardy. Um, you, if you haven't seen it, I don't know where you've been, what you're doing, but you have to go on YouTube, look up Final Deletion, look up anything from TNA. This gimmick is This legit. is like one of the only like real true gimmicks that you got going right now. Yeah, and, and now legitimately have it going now in WWE with the Woken. Whether it's broken, whether it's Woken, it's the same it's technically the same thing. Um the delete, the obsolete with, his, with Jeff, with, Brother with Nero. Brother Nero, and he belongs with it too because Brother Nero is a part of the Broken Universe. Yes. And these two gimmicks, and God bless Matt Hardy for thinking about this, is the mented mind that he has yeah. that this came out of because it is everything included. Senor Benjamin, Vanguard 1, the drone, <laughs> uh, the Hardy compound, his, even down to his kid, the King Maxwell, and now Maxwell. his... his Max, Maxwell. Maxwell, not Maxwell. Yes, not Maxwell. Okay. Um, no, not the R and B singer from the nineties. His new his new son, um Wolfgang, I believe. Yeah. Is his son's name, his new son. I Wolfgang. Mean, everything about it, he just keeps adding to it. Um and I don't know how he comes up with it, but it is gold. Everything he does well, he is knew gold that, with this gimmick. That his in ring was on a downslope, so he knew that and he's always been the, the, the creative one. I mean, Jeff's always been the, the pure athlete. So he knew, yeah. like, I mean, you had uh, uh, Matt Hardy version one. Yes. And that I was, liked that character. That was his cr- creation. That was a great gimmick in itself. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? It's funny because SmackDown, when SmackDown does their, the people coming to the ring when they're entrances, they have that little menu that pops up on the right side of the screen. Yes. It says one, however many championships, blah, blah, blah. Matt started that. Yes. Remember, I mean, he had the whole border. It looked like the internet. And it was like Matt eats Cheerios every morning or something like that. It was, it was <laughs> Just something completely freaking asinine, exactly. but it worked. But yeah, it worked every time. So yeah, Matt Hardy version one belongs, and uh, and of course the Broken Universe as well. So that's pretty ridiculous. Um, let's go with, oh man, one of my favorites. Um, I have the, the suit shirt. <laughs> it's kind of like a tuxedo t shirt. Tuxedo, but. But it's even better. And that's the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. I mean, this guy, Money, Inc., with him, IRS. Uh, Virgil. Virgil is the other one. And, man, million-dollar man yeah, hit he ma- the right he, point. Yeah, he was not only the wrestler of the million-dollar man, but he was also the million-dollar man who was the manager of some of the greatest mm-hmm. before they actually became great. Like, he managed Steve Austin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, what was the what was the gimmick that Austin was using? Was that the uh, that was the, the uh, stunning Steve? No, that wasn't. No, that was that the, was the ringmaster. Ringmaster, thank you. That's the one I was thinking of. And he did the million dollar dream. Yes. Yeah. And he had the million dollar championship for a while. Yes. Um, Which was a great title and gimmick in itself. Was the million dollar belt. I think if you ask older old school wrestling fans, what's the coolest belt out there? Yeah. It was the million dollar belt. Yes. Yeah, uh, and it is. <laughs> His music, uh, money, money, <laughs> money, money, money. How did I know 
that was coming. Well, that's because you set me up for it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, everything about Teddy Biasi. The freaking laugh. Oh, God, the laugh. And I, I, I can't do it. I know I can't do it. I'm not even going to laugh. That's actually pretty damn good. I wasn't surprised. I was surprised you actually could do I've that. I've done it once or twice in my life. Uh-huh. not going to lie. <laughs> um, but, I mean, yeah, he was uh, by far one of the coolest in the 80s as far as in the early 90s. So, um, again, those are our lists of our best and our worst gimmicks. And I think, I mean, there's going to be some that we might have missed. There are some, I mean, there are some really bad ones and there were some great ones. They might not be on the list, but again, this is all subjective. If we missed a couple, let us know mm-hmm. and we'll get back to you on Twitter, on Facebook, mm-hmm. or you can email us. Yes. Because we got the email now, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah brotherlyloverestling at gmail.com. And, uh, and of course, on Twitter, at 215wrestling. And on Facebook, facebook.com slash 215wrestling. Um, any of them, get at us. Uh, let us know what you think. Give us some that we may have missed that we did not think of. I mean, as we were speaking, Paul Barrow, we missed that gimmick. And we missed a, bu- a couple different ones that just popped up in the middle of talking. So... Like yeah. Tatanka, now that I'm thinking Tatanka. about it. Yeah, that's another one we missed. That's a really good one. Yeah, so um, again, we're yeah. only human. Yeah, exactly. So, tell us how great we did or tell us that we sucked. Yeah, and then... Give don't us, tell us that we sucked that big. Come on. Man. Well, I, I, I like that. I'm, I, I like being a heel, so I don't mind to be telling you to suck. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's... We want to hear from you guys. Think, Tell us what you think and uh, if we missed anybody. So um, that about wraps it up. Um, Thank so, you for listening. I hope to, you enjoyed... Enjoy the Brotherly Love Wrestling Podcast. And we'll be uh, talking to you guys soon. Thanks again, guys. See you later.